Life Audio. Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Boys, it's been a minute since we've been all in the studio together. Uh, but we are here now, coming off some travel, uh, getting ready to send kids back to school, or in Pipe's case, kids have been back to school for two weeks, which is ridiculous. We're going to get into these topics. We're going to get into that, what it feels like to have a, a new book in the world, and many more things right after this break. Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. All right, boys, we're back. Uh, we just launched our groundbreaking new book. Um, really, the reception of it has been so warm. It's been a whirlwind, much like the rise and triumph of the modern self. You know, the, the book landscape uh, will really never be the same because of it. Um, what's your experience been this last week, boys, in terms of the reception to the book, the buzz, the the continued online buzz that it's been receiving, uh, pipe. How's it been for you? I yeah. I, I mean, you use the term groundbreaking, and I'm just kind of thinking about yeah the yeah the what we're building with this thing and how how clearly it's coming together, mm. and it just the the horizons are expansive, and I'm just gonna mix all my metaphors because that's that's what writers do. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a blue ocean out there with this book, and I feel <laughs> I feel great about it. Yeah, feel really good. The response has been yeah. spectacular, uplifting, mostly wholesome. I haven't seen anybody who's hated on it yet, so um, I feel like that's oh, that'll come. Yeah, yeah, I just you know we're due, but yeah. also it's nice to kind of bank some of the positivity first. Absolutely, and hey, let me be clear: when that comes, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> like when when we get the the inevitable like zero star hateful review um you can send it to ronnie not me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not interested oh see see i i uh i i dine on those things like they they nourish my that's soul fascinating i i oh, get such a kick can out you of do like one minute on that help me understand that i want to be more like you in this well mainly because every one star review i've seen is is not about the thing that i wrote and in this case, it won't be about the that thing. True. It's going to yeah. be like, uh, it's it's going to be about something super petty or they're like, it's always, I expected this to be a book about human, you know, 
anthropological studies and instead i got this book of jokes <laughs> yeah, like, yeah well yeah it's a book right. of jokes so that's you that's on right. you you know if you if you go to burger king expecting yeah. filet mignon and you give it a one-star review that's on you for being an idiot so there's uh there's yeah. just sort of generally a sense of w- where did this person completely miss whatever it is that we did and it's yeah i don't know it's pretty rare to get one where somebody's like i read it i thoughtfully interacted with it I understood their perspective and I abjectly hated <laughs> yeah. every part of it. Yeah. And this, this doesn't strike me as the kind of book that like people are just going to try it out and kick the tires on it. Like if you, if you don't listen to the show and like the show already, you're probably not buying the book just out of curiosity would, would be my sense of it. Baby, what's your experience been, you know, now one week deep into this book release oh, uh, life changed. It's like a mountaintop, you know, I mean, oh yeah! It's, it's I mean, like you're flying. You're flying a, a thousand feet above the earth. It is right literally now. like the opening scene to Sound of Music. Julie Andrews, just yes, that's, just running that's across the mountain with somehow some soundtrack it, miraculously beaming from the clouds. Um, or, or you're like Ethan Hawke in First Reformed, like erotically <laughs> levitating over over the earth right now. You know? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, I've never seen it, so I don't know how he erotically levitated. But um, I, I thought it's terrible. It, but <laughs> it's a it's a it's a pat. Let's do thirty seconds on this, just as a footnote, and then I want to hear more about your book release experience. <laughs> but dude, it's a pastoral movie. Okay, so it's it's a movie about pastoral ministry. It's by Paul Schrader, who is the guy that did Taxi Driver. So like. Kind of legendary writer director, yeah, and it kind of got a bunch of buzz in like the indie movie world. And I like Ethan Hawke, right? So I tried it out, and it's the dumbest, most ham-fisted, like, um, kind of angsty college sophomore deconstructiony movie. But there's a hilarious, erotic, levitating scene in the in the third act. It's pretty epic. Like, like you, uh, like when you say like. When you say levitating, do you mean do you mean like it yeah. got like all magical? Like what do you mean? Well, by, yeah, let me let me explain. Like it, the like Exorcist or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are, are we talking like supernatural? So I don't know. He's like wrapped in barbed wire, and he's about to uh, I don't know drink bleach or whatever, and and because he's all torn up over climate change, and um, <laughs> he's this this is real. It sounds like I'm making it up, but he's like staring deeply into the eyes of this woman who you know, with, with whom he has feelings. And, um, instead of like, you know, kissing or making out or whatever, they just begin to like levitate and he levitates over some like landfills and like garbage and stuff that he's torn up about. So, um, that's what happens. Wow. I've never heard that. I've never heard that review. That's fast. I I almost have to watch it. It sounds like what, no, please don't. It sounds like what would happen if like, if you use college sophomore, I'd say like high school, sophomore homeschooler tried to write, a sex scene symbolically. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Like they'll they'll have to read into this scene to see what I really mean by it. Yeah, it was bad, and uh, I didn't want it to be bad because I like Ethan Hawke, you know. So like, I and I still do. I have positive, you know, Ethan Hawke feelings. But uh, yeah, it's, he hard, was, it's hard to. He was just acting, right? He didn't have anything to do with the writing in that one, right? I, mean, I believe he was just acting. Yeah, and and you I know, don't think he was I mean, just acting. Was he I think acting? he was actually levitating. <laughs> it's funny though because like to the to the world that's the kind of stuff that seems deep like oh i'm disillusioned i'm disillusioned with the church i'm i don't know i'm mad at my parents whatever but uh yeah i don't know it was bad um 
But anyway, the 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 book experience, it's like your Julie Andrews. I it like is, that metaphor better. Is, yeah. Um, it's been uh it's been it's so I've had I've had two separate sort of narratives that have been going mm-hmm. with the, with the book release. The first one, uh, they're both kind of they're interesting to me. The first one is it's the one where and I I think you've seen this pipe where People have gotten the book, and whether they've posted this publicly or I've gotten some private emails, this is really encouraging, though, to where everybody's like, mm-hmm. hey, I didn't know how you guys were going to do this, and I, and I had my doubts. You know, like, is, is the book going to – how do you make the book like the podcast? And if the book's not like the podcast, am I even interested in it? And then so I think mm-hmm. the overwhelming response I've gotten up to this point has been – somehow when i'm reading the book i feel like i'm listening to the podcast and i've i've like i love it i enjoy i've enjoyed it immensely so that's really good that's really cool yeah so i've gotten a few of those um and that's been really cool because i remember when we were when we were chatting before before we as we were even like do you know negotiating the deal and then when we got to destin the whole thing was like how do we make it like the podcast where it feels fresh and it feels kind of off the cuff? And because, you know, with books, you tend to over edit and, you know, and now it becomes this real clinical thing. But I, I think we kind of avoided that. And I, I think I think we were able to do it in a way that kind of serves the pod. Right. So if you're somebody who's yeah. never listened to the pod and you read the book, you can you, we can kind of tell you that's kind of like the pod, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that I think that was the success of it in some way, you know, minus the content. Which was obviously hugely successful in how we uh, how we oh. had communicated it, you know, massive, massively successful. And then um, the other, so here's the other part, though. So I've had yeah. some people say, I've had some people write me saying, "Hey, so I've never heard the podcast, and they're very disconnected from Christian culture in general." And they said, "And I just ordered mm-hmm. the book," and those are the ones where I go, "Oh boy, like I don't know." And I've just Did said, you like, ask why, like, why would you order this? Well, book? because like, it'll be somebody, it'll be somebody who had like, I'm friends with or somebody yeah. who has like, I don't know, maybe listen to some music or, or something back, you know, like it follows me musically or something. And I, and so with that, I'm, 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 I have the tendency to want to say, you know, man, I really appreciate you supporting us buying the book, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know if it's going to, I don't know if, if you're going to connect with it like at yeah, all, but maybe yeah, give it away. Know. Maybe give it away. Like, give it a shot, but definitely read it. You bought it. But, um, d- like, if you get through it and it's not connecting, like, there's a reason why. You've you got to have a little bit – I mean, you got to have a little bit of a touch point with Christian culture for some of the things that we sort of bring out to be funny and to even, like, to, ma- to make sense, even to, like, get some deeper meaning from it and all those types of things. So, so yeah, yeah. those are my two kind of – those are the two things that have been hitting me over the last week, which have, have both been really, really fun, really cool. Interesting. Um, I hear that the trophies have been a hit. Oh, 100 percent. Like the little, the little influencer trophies. That's, That's nice. Huge. That hits at that yeah. that energy of like we're kind of like wink, wink, nudge, nudging that you're an important person, but we're still making you feel like an important person. I think so it's just you can put this. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was such a great mm-hmm. idea. I think because it it has allowed everyone to feel like. like like it's almost like going above and beyond just the normal, no, normal. Like, hey, you know, you're on our influencer list, so you, you know you can feel great about that. But we want you to feel even better. Well, we're, and, we're yeah. basically telling you, you are, you are an influencer. We're affirming yeah. that. Being yeah. an That's being an influencer and endorser always feels a little bit just sort of. It's like. It's just like being used a little bit. Not that you resent the person who's doing yeah. it because it's always an exchange. Like, you're going to do this to me. I'm going to return yeah. that email in six months and ask you to do the same. So sort of giving it the like, 
like you said, the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like we, we all know this is kind of an absurd thing. Here's here's your here's your mm. huge reward for doing this huge thing right. for us. Was uh, well, was it's, enjoyable. It, it you're being used, but it's also still like a subtle flex. You know what I mean? You can still throw that little image up on Twitter, or Insta, with like you and the trophy. You can make your little like you know, snide backhanded comment about, about yourself as a book endorser, but still at the end of the day, you're still kind of flexing about being a, like a, like an influencer, you know? So it's actually, it's the perfect 2022 energy because it gives a person a chance to be like fakely self-deprecating while still flexing, which is what we most want. My my dad's discomfort level with the trophy and, and (laughs) the, the fake endorsement Uh. on the back was, I mean, it was everything you could have hoped for and more. It was... Dude, let, let's go one minute on that. Like, that picture of your dad was epic. So, epic. so un so un yeah. John Piper. <laughs> I know. It was so funny, oh. dude. It was so, like, unguarded and, and just captured, like, in the wild. It was like seeing a seeing a lion on a safari you yeah know what i mean, I mean? It was, it, like you're, yeah, you're freaking out hashtag no filter uh it was almost literally yeah. in the wild because we had just driven back from canada where we'd been on a week-long fishing trip and uh so he was still wearing like his his like dry fit hat which is funny because you know he's got like the curly hair that sticks <laughs> out the side looks a little looks a little yeah. uh mad scientist He's wearing a New Mexico t- uh, sweatshirt that he got, you know, some speaking engagement. It was like part of the speaker bag or whatever. And it's just, it's, yeah. it's the one he was willing to bring to Canada in case it got like fish guts on it. And yeah. Yeah. And then he just is like, he opens it up and he's, he's excited because we wrote a book. He flips it over and sees the back and he's like, well, you know, where it says my son, what is it? My son <laughs> insisted I endorse this book, which <clears throat> a little clue to the readers. He, none of that ever happened. Um, yeah. He was like, "Huh, my name's on this," and I was like, "Yeah, it is." And then I just I was like, "I was like, well, we got to take a picture now because so he just like he looks at the trophy and he's like, I don't. He just is so so like I don't know what to do with this. All of this is stupid, and it's so not his yeah. humor. Is yeah, it, I mean, like it was. Com- yeah, the humor was completely <laughs> lost on him. Which of course, like in the moment, I felt a little bit of like tenseness in my gut." But the further I got away yeah. from it, the more I mean, it, it has made me laugh every other day for the last week, just as I remember it or that that picture pops up in my own feed. And I'm like, oh, that was delightful. It was everything I hoped for. And just sort of yeah. like how disconnected he is from the aim of this book. But at the same time, like really good sport about it. Like He just kind of shook his head and was like, yeah. well, I won't sue you. And uh, and then posed for the picture. <laughs> All right, baby, this is hilarious to me because like. Most of us with our dads, like when we try to pull off a similar energy, it's like, oh, pops, I I borrowed the car without asking. <laughs> you know, I took my girlfriend out for a milkshake or whatever. Because <laughs> like, it's 1957. <laughs> yeah, because it's 1950. I took her to the soda, uh, the soda fountain, you know, but like uh, pipes like, oops, dad, I had you and I had you fake endorse a book that I wrote with two of my buddies, you know, with Eddie Haskell. Um <laughs> I had you fake endorse a book that I wrote with Biff and George McFly, you know, <laughs> fantastic dude. Um, yeah, I love it so much. Pipe. I know because I mean, pipe, honestly, man, given, given who your dad is and the situation you're in, I mean, you're really one of a few people that could experience it on that level. I mean, like, like yeah. T is saying, 
the re- like none of us would have the opportunity to ever ever do that. I mean, again, it's one thing. It's one thing when you like swipe the keys for the car without dad knowing, and ultimately, dad probably yeah. doesn't really care that much as long as you don't wreck the car. It's another yeah. thing to have his name on a book that's out in the world forever. <laughs> and by forever, we mean. Two and a half weeks right. until, until everyone the, loses interest. Until the yeah. next print run that fails. Yeah, speak, speaking right, of right. two and a half weeks, uh, listeners, this is on you now. Like, we've done all weekend to make this book That's go. True. It's on you now. So tell all your friends, post us on social media, and leave us either five or one-star reviews. Both of them are great. Anything in between is pretty boring. So uh, it's, you know, it's in your hands. Take it away. I'm already reading the remaindered copies letter from Harvest House as we speak. You know, do you guys want to buy the rest of these? Or yeah, what was the what was the print cost? Because like we can buy them at cost plus twenty percent or something like that. Right, right. Yeah. Ah, the the glitz and glamour of our business, boys. Uh, it never disappoints. By which I mean it almost always disappoints. <laughs> boys, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about school. We're gonna talk about camp, all kinds of things. Back in a minute. Hey there, it's Nicole Yunus from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there. All right, fellas, we're back. Um, Piper, we were talking about this off the air, and I think it's an interesting couple of minutes of radio. Um, On this topic of sending kids back to school, and it is August 6th as we record this, and your kids have been in school for like a week and a half already. My kid goes back, uh, I don't know, in a couple days, and it, it blows my mind, A, that they start so early, and B, that there's so much involved in sending a kid to school in 2022. I feel like I have to download like 14 apps. Uh, I have to be a part of like 15 message boards that are supposed to like bring clarity for the upcoming semester and make things streamlined. And yet I just want to throw myself off the nearest high surface because it all seems so complicated and nobody knows what the age is going on ever. Um, I feel like in the 80s and 90s, You showed up for school on, like, September 1st. Some adult shoved a piece of paper in your hand with your schedule on it, and you just showed up to class and got your books and started school. And you didn't think about it for three months before then. Tell me about your experience sending a kid back to school in July, apparently. What's going on? It was August 1st. So they, you know, they're kind enough to give us July. Uh, Yeah, it's... Mm -hmm. I have so we we've lived in Tennessee nine years now, almost nine years, and so this will be I think the ninth school year that that the kids will be in here. I have yet to get used to the school starts the first week in August, and my my yeah. only my only theory is that the entire Southeast United States is perpetually in the bottom of the rankings for like kids test scores. And so my assumption is they're like, well, we're really bad at doing school. Let's do more of it to up these test scores. And so they just bumped the dates up. Yeah, because my my recollection was that like August was the last hurrah of summer. And then once you like Labor Day was always the worst holiday because we started school Mm -hmm. like the next day or that week. And so, you know, Labor Day cookouts were like it was like a, a, a wake you know, <laughs> we're yeah. just a dark cloud over. <laughs> yeah, the we're, we're mourning the loss of summer. And now it's like Labor Day. Yeah. 
Labor Day is, you know, by that time they've had, you know, three papers due and done two finals and whatever else. So you kind of, it's kind of a non-entity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The overnight temperature has dipped all the way down to 97, you know, like <laughs> grab a hoodie, everybody. There's going to be a little chill in the air. Fall has that, arrived. That is, Fall is, that is one of my favorite things about Southern school is that, you know, kids will go back to school shopping and like all the fall stuff is out. So like, oh yeah, I, I want a new yeah. hoodie or I want new jeans or whatever. And like they're rolling into school on August 1st in a hoodie and jeans and new Air Force Ones, just, and you know, yeah. they're just sweating, but they're like, no, these are my, these are my new school clothes and I'm going to wear them. Even if, even if it's a yeah, billion exactly. degrees outside. Right. It doesn't dip below 94 until November, but uh, yeah, enjoy that hoodie, bub. <laughs> uh, <laughs> baby, what was it like in, uh, well, you, you had, so you were a parent in California, and then you were a parent kind of at the end in Ohio, where where you had a kid going to school. What what were the differences? Well, I don't know. I you know so like what you said to you going back to when we were school back in the nineteen thirties. You know, like yeah, yeah, you had a like you had a solid you had a solid ninety days off. So I would say yeah. I feel like school got out around like I don't know June seventh, and you went back around like September tenth. You know, kind of a thing. Yeah. And so it was yeah. like, it was a long run, man. I mean, by the time, I mean, I, I don't even know if this is true, but I'm going to say it because I'm old now. But like, by the time you went back to school, you were almost ready. I mean, you, dude, your parents were, mm -hmm. your parents were ready by like June 15th, but like you were even oh gosh, kind of ready. Yeah. You know, like you were yeah. like, dude, yeah. I am so bored. It's summer. Right. And um, it's just, it's time to get back into the, into, into the routine. So I don't know. That's how it was for me. I think in California with Beth, um, the kiddo, I, I think it. I think it still was September. So when we when we moved to Ohio twelve years ago, and everybody was like going back to school on June thirtieth or whatever, I was like, "Wait a minute, mm -hmm. is this like like I don't know if this is like a, a thing just for this particular region because it just yeah. felt so early." And I, I remember, I remember my kiddo just looking at me, going like, "Are they like? Is this? Am I missing something? Are we just going yeah. back for like a couple days and Do then they, they let us out again?" And what? yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it was so weird to me. But then the other thing, okay, so this is what's kind of weird too. It's like mm -hmm. there's even like this, what I've noticed, and maybe this is like a newer generation thing. I don't know. But I feel like what you said, baby, is so true. Like no, like my parents, myself, my friends, my friends' parents, nobody talked about school until literally the day before school was back. Absolutely. And I feel like that's all anybody talks about. It's like, it's almost like this yeah. new kind of, because, you know, because Target, you know, and Walmart do their like mm -hmm. back to school things on like June 3rd to where you can buy all the yeah. notebooks and the pencils and all that stuff. Yep, so I yep. feel like they created a back to school industry out of this whole thing. Yes. And the sooner you can get, and we have, so the other thing too is we have all these educators at our church. And so yeah. they are, they get about like, it feels like four days off before they got to get back into the classroom and start preparing right. And so yeah, yeah. I feel like all anybody's doing all summer is talking about going back to school. <laughs> I, know, I feel like dude. that's all anybody talks about. And I'm like, and, I don't and we wonder why like everyone is jaded and burned out. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like even, and I want to hear you on this. I, I actually would be curious to know like what kind of high school student the two of you were, because for me, like, the further I went into it, like, I feel like when I was in middle school and junior high, I would go like school shopping with my parents and come home with like a new trapper keeper and a bunch of folders and pencils. And by the time I got to like my junior senior year of high school, I would find like an old pencil in my bedroom. 
and just roll up to school with that. Like, hey, I'm here. What do you What do you got for me? Let's. Well, let's, dude, it was almost like if you with. if you didn't make a big deal out of it, it felt like the just the like the the pain of it yeah. was lessened. You know what I mean? Of going yeah, back to school. True. You know what I'm that's saying? True. It's like, dude, I'm yeah, just like gonna I'm roll just... up, acting like it's almost not even happening, and maybe it won't feel as drastic as it does, right? Well, exactly. And like, yeah, I I think I learned over the years that invariably. I would get this sweet new Trapper Keeper, never use it, never take any notes, never shove any papers into it. It was like, you know what? I can just skip all those steps and pretty much just roll up with my pencil and, you know, take my chances. Yeah. Noelle Piper was not big on back to school shopping, especially because at various points she had like Mm. four kids in school at the same time. And so, I mean, it was just like, you know. We just had sort of stacks of lined paper, you know, wide ruled, if that's what your teacher wanted, or college ruled. We had some three-ring binders, and we had, like, spiral notebooks. And, (laughs) you know, and then, like, in elementary school, it's like, fine, here's your box of crayons. But it was, like, resentfully, you know, whereas now they give you, like, a 44-item list, and, like, your child needs this brand and this many crayons and these kinds of binders and whatever. Dude, they created an industry. I'm telling you, man. It's an industry Baby, they did. You're down, like, 400 by the time they start school. At least. I mean, that's just for school supplies. That's before you stock the school supplies because they're like, we also need... 7,000 rolls of paper towels and Lysol wipes. And I'm like, I pay taxes. You buy that stuff. Like, Hey, Pipe, I have a question for you, man. Um, So I'm really curious about this because I never get into this with like, I really don't talk about these things with any of our like congregation. You know, I just let them do their thing. Right. Because I'm way past it. Um, That's how that's how caring of a pastor I am. Um, (laughs) So I so I'm this is what I'm this is what I'm wondering, man. So when they give you. When they give you that list, like, is that a suggested, like, are you going to go to jail if you don't fill that list? Or do you just kind of go, dude, um, here's your, dude, here's your, here's a pencil, here's a notebook, like, enjoy. Like, or do you actually fill that list? Like, what's the compulsion there? It's, so it's a weird middle ground. So also, I want to caveat this. Uh, All of you listening who are teachers, I understand that the school will not pay for stuff for you. So you do need to ask parents for stuff because otherwise it comes out of your pocket. So this isn't on you. Yeah, this is on the stupid Don't be mad. We're on your, we're on your side. Yeah, we're on teacher's side. We're on everybody's side. Whatever side people are on, we're on it. Also, anybody who's willing to hang out with my kids for seven hours a day, five days a week is a superhero. So God bless you. Um, Any human being that breathes and eats to live, we're on your side. Yes, we're on their side. Everybody's side. So I I followed the school list. Uh, Thankfully, by the time you get to middle school and high school, it's a lot less. It's like get some notebooks and some pencils and you need this kind of calculator trigonometry or whatever. But in elementary school, it's like they're very specific. But it's like they guilt the kids. If you don't show up on the assigned day, because there's like a registration day where you drop your supplies off and meet the teacher and one more day at school before school actually starts. And if you don't show up with that stuff properly packaged, like your kid is essentially a social outcast. You know, because they'll yeah, because they'll like put up a checklist and they'll be like, well, Gold Star next to Susie, she brought her supplies and Tommy brought his supplies and Cooper brought his and Hunter brought his and Austin brought his and Riley brought his and <laughs> so forth. And they're like, oh, and do good job on like 2022. Yeah. Well, names, Cooper and Riley, 100, man, you know, Cooper and Riley yeah. are killer. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you get it. And then your kid is like, oh, no, Gold Star, you only brought notebooks and pencils, not you know, crayons and markers and highlighters and construction paper and poster board and glue and rulers and whatever else. So 
Like, yep. it's really a defense of the child. Like, you're paying money so your child doesn't have, like, a, a nervous breakdown for being a social outcast because of construction paper. That's fascinating. So, so is there stupid. still... Is there any sort of, like... Um, so, like, if, you, if you're a kid and your parents don't complete the list, like, are you going to feel, like, way out way out of the loop? Or is it going to be embarrassing to you? If yeah, you it's, up? it's like you're a moral failure from day one. Like, you know, you... You know, so kids already feel like they walk in and they're like, oh, no, you know, that kid is wearing the same new shoes as me. We we can't both be cool or whatever. There's there's all the all the new school clothes, image, whatever stuff. Now there's the like, have you brought in the paper towels that we told you you needed to bring yet? And there's sort of like you're behind on your homework on day one of school. And there's just like that pit in the stomach, that kind of thing. And it's uh, it's absurd. Dude, you know what's weird? I'm yes. gonna I'm gonna pivot on something, Big T. Check this out. So yeah, go my th- so the old man, you know, so John F. Martin, you know, ex mm-hmm. ex sailor, o- owned yeah. a trucking company my whole life. Um, yeah. Really, uh, I mean, not an elite man of the people like us, but just a man of the people. And yeah. uh, but something this was something so fascinating to me. And one of the things I still love about John F. is um, mm-hmm. he was he was philo- check this out, boys. You're gonna think I'm joking, and I'm not. But he was philosophically mm. opposed to homework. He actually... Oh, I love this. He did dude, not... I love this. He didn't agree with homework. <clears throat> Can you imagine that? Yeah. Like, he would literally... He would... And I remember him having conversations with other... Like, w- like with some of my friend's parents. And I, I think even with a teacher one time saying, Hey, here's yeah. what I don't understand is that really at the end of the day... And, you know, we went to private school, so my, you know, the old man's writing the check every, every month. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's yeah. like, so really what I, you know, I'm paying for my kids to actually do work, like, in school. And I would really prefer that when they get home, they can leave that at school and do the other things that, like, kids need to do to develop as kids. And so when, they're, when they're being bogged down for an hour and a half a night, which, by the way, that, that's my time, too, because they inevitably need help. He goes, oh, I, just, sure, I yeah. just don't love that. So he goes, I just... The concept, he, he would say this, the, the concept of homework absolutely baffles me. I wish it didn't exist and I don't agree with it. And I mean, dude, it was like every kid in the room is like waving flags. And, you know, I mean, it's like it was just this dude, like adults jaws are hitting the floor. A hundred percent. Saying it out loud. It was so you know, punk rock. Always thought that, it was so punk yeah, rock. Yeah. It was so anti. And, um, Dude, I love it. Yeah, I mean, it, of course, it, it, it meant nothing, right? I mean, he had no power. Well, no, it means nothing, yeah. And, and, and you know, it got nowhere. But, baby, I 1,000% agree. Um, yeah, and, and when you're writing a huge check to a private school, as we are as well, like, there's this sense of you have him for seven hours. Like, if you can't get it done then... It, it's not getting done. Like, what is this kid doing um, if he's not doing work that you yeah, got to send home? If he's not doing all this work during the seven hours, and then I get him, I get him at home at night. And during the school year, KK and I split a second job, which is helping him do all his homework. And it's sweet. It's so daunting and so miserable. And I'm like, I've already been through this once. Um, this sucked the first time for me. Yeah, it sounds and, awesome. Um, yeah, no, it is. It's it's fascinating, and and so. He had he even had summer reading, and I, I want to caveat this by saying, especially as per the last year or two, I I really do love my kids' school. I know I goof on it a lot on here. It's a it's a goofy, weird, classical Christian school. And by that we we mean we love all schools that all kids are in, and all kids. Yeah, that we love go all schools, schools that all people are a part of everywhere <laughs> in the world, but uh, especially this one. 
but his summer reading book, and maybe you'll appreciate this as a doctoral student, it was Church History by Eusebius. Judas Priest. Are you kidding yeah, me? Dude, I'm not. You guys, I swear I wouldn't to God. I that. Don't, one, dude, I don't believe you. T, you've gone well, too far. Baby, you've gone no, too I, far. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a picture of the book. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send it over as soon as we get off the air. But here's the thing, dude. This was so funny. So... My kid was like, Judas, do I really have to read this? And I'm like, You're like, Judas, he's in chapter pages. two. <laughs> yeah. You guys, I read a couple of pages and it was miserable. And I'm like, all right. Of course it's miserable. This. It has the word church yeah. and history in the title. It can only be I'm miserable. Like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna download this so you can listen to it. You guys, it was like the worst. You know how when people get hit by like one of those horse tranquilizer darts like in a movie oh, yeah, and they just immediately the go to sleep? <laughs> That was his response to listening to this. Like, he would put the headphones on, and two minutes later, he'd be, like, passed out, unconscious, regardless of the time of day or night. You know? This thing was like auditory Xanax. Um, unbelievable. It was horrible. That's unbelievable, man. Experience. I mean, yeah. like, who's the guy that said, I know, this will get the kids, yeah, the, the kids the super pumped. The high school sophomores for, yeah. will have a lot of fun with this. They're going to love this. <laughs> wow. Oh, see... My, oh, I, there, there, are, there are gradations to this because my, my older daughter, Grace, is <clears throat> going into her junior year and she signed up for AP English, which, you know, mm. that, but that's like a voluntary, like, I am signing up for something that could potentially get me free college credit. So they had summer reading, of which she did about 50% because she's my child. Um, it, it was 1984 by Orwell, which... Oh, is yeah. like it's That's not different. fun for a high school junior, yeah. but like it's a worthy read. And then the other one was uh, it was called oh what was it called Little Brother. So it was kind of a, a modern yeah. take, kind of on the flip side of Big Brother is watching, sort of the little guy going against Big Brother. And uh, nice. and I'm like, okay, that it sucks that they have summer reading, especially because summer break is 11 minutes long. But yeah. that was voluntary, whereas like. All of the rising sophomores reading Eusebius is next level. That's 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 just savagery, <laughs> dude. That's like a joke that writes itself. Truly, like all I had to do on that one was just get out of the way and let it and let it be. Yeah, I know? mean, I'm dude. That's um, unbelievable, I'm, man. I, that is one of the most unbelievable. Yeah, I'm starting seminary yeah. in like a month, like, and uh, I'm fairly certain that none of the professors would be mean enough to assign that to adult pastors. So. I, yeah, good good job, classical Christian Dude, if they school do, folks. You know who to call. I can give you Maxim's number. You you guys can have some vibrant discussions on. Well, dude, are these CBS. are these like? I mean, do kids actually read the books? Where do they have to write a report on it or something? Like, yeah, there's there's something they dangle over their heads. Here's the thing. So like, because I just wouldn't do kids, it. That's just insane. Well, no, I wouldn't do it either. And I I in fact was kind of shocked that kk made him do it but um everybody that goes to this school is like the progeny of geniuses so they're all like faculty members like kids and so they're all geniuses they're all getting sashed and ribbon to high heaven at the at the you know end of the year ceremonies and they're all brilliant and they're all gonna go go find the no they're all gonna go off the rails when they get to college and get deeply into hallucinogenics and like (laughs) Well, yeah. No, we like, know oh my that, gosh! Did you guys know, know that yet. sugar exists? You know. This is amazing, right? Exactly. You guys know that TV exists. This is so crazy. It's so fun. Um, yeah, but they they don't know that yet. But um, so yeah, they're all doing it. They're all like maybe gobbling it up. I don't know. I don't know what everybody's experience has been with it. But, uh, oh, but yeah, man, but I just deal. yeah. I, it's funny that like 
we just we make we create cultures out of everything. We create industries out of the cultures we create, and it's like, yeah. and everything just becomes more tedious and not fun. Yes, I mean, dude, that should yes. be the name of our next book. Everything becomes tedious and not fun. More not fun. <laughs> yeah, that would be good, man. Kyle, if you're listening, we do have. Uh, I mean, they're already. We do have thoughts. On they're already that. teeing up book two, Big T. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, you know they are. You know those meetings are happening. Hundred percent. Boys, we got to take a break and pay some bills. When we get back, we're going to talk about preaching and camp and wrap this one up because we've been going for a while. We'll be back. Hello, hello. Quinice Petway here, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's word one verse at a time to explore his will for your life and desire to draw closer to him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search your daily Bible verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration, life application, and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's Word. All right, boys, we're back. Uh, Just got back from my week at camp. Um, I was there for a week, preached nine sermons, I think, on 1 John. Yeah, Judas. it was uh, it was fun, dude. I want to I want to talk about this on the level of like the nature of rest, but also on the level of like I have a, a real specific kind of preaching question for you. But camp is restful for us. Uh, the camp is Camp Barakal in Michigan, CampBarakal.org, B-A-R-A-K-E-L. Uh, great place. We love it. We adore it. It's become one of the loves of our life, kind of our cottage. Um, but we are working during the week and I'm working, especially given these talks, but it made me want to ask you guys, and maybe this is a longer discussion cause we're already probably should be winding this one down, but like what's restful in the sense that like just waking up and having a yawning expanse of time to fill is not especially restful for me, but like being at camp and having this rhythm of, you know, they're not making like five-star hipster food, but like they're making all the food and preparing it and cleaning it up. And that's restful. Like we don't have to worry about that. And we have some free time and some time to be in nature built into every day. And even though I'm working it, it strikes me as like very deeply restful. And I, I really do love it. Um, I don't know if that's a question or a comment or what that is, but I I think um, it's, it's, I think it's, um, there's something there when when you only have one thing to focus on, <clears throat> kind of one responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like I I also yeah. if if I just have an empty day, I it's almost more stressful yeah. than restful for me. Like I have to figure out what sure. to fill it up with. Yeah. Or if it's like you have one or two things to do today and then the rest of the time you can read, relax, whatever. Yeah. That rest I think comes with a the right amount of responsibility so that it's not overwhelming. You can focus mm-hmm. on it. And then you, then you can just sort of breathe easy. Life gets unrestful when you have to focus on all of the apps for your kids' schools and helping them with homework and preparing mm-hmm. lectures and grading papers and, you know, right. <laughs> try, right. trying to maintain a healthy marriage and being part of a church small group and so forth. And you're just like, Oh, I now hate everything. Yeah. Everything in my life is now stressful. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. That is, that is so spot on. And I think, that's the magic of what we love to be around at camp and we're around like-minded believers and and to be fair the staff who are there year-round work really really hard so it probably isn't like delightful for them but uh 
but it feels really delightful for us, and I'm super grateful for it. So, baby, here's my preaching question. And, Pipe, you can weigh in on this, too. I want to hear your thoughts on it. So I've been, I've been doing this camp gig and doing speaking of some form or fashion. The speaking for probably 15 years, the camp gig for, I don't know, a good solid seven years, maybe. I think I've gotten better at preaching, but worse at speaking. <laughs> and here's what I mean by that. Like, early on, I was just kind of winging it, kind of being the fun-loving party guy, you know, doing a bunch of ha-has and stories and the kids seem to really really love it but as i've grown in my faith and as i've grown in my appreciation for good preaching i've gotten way more fastidious on the prep like i've really gotten into reading the commentaries and writing the talks and trying to be really good at that and i think i've gotten way better at that but like maybe the kids are a little bit less connected with it and um this year was the first year that I really like observed that maybe that maybe that's happening and not that it went badly or not that they were like yawning and checking their watches or whatever. That wasn't the case, but like, I just felt like they wanted a, a little more haha and a little less like, um, you know, exposition ver- verse by verse exposition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the comment, uh, as a pastor respond. Yeah, man, I think, no, I resonate with that. I think, mm-hmm. you know, so I, this is what's strange is, is again, I have my own opinions on this and you're asking me, yeah. so here's my opinions. Um, yeah. I think that there, there has to be a combination between preaching and teaching in preaching. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think what happens is sometimes we like, we tilt one okay. way or the other and to find the balance between those two things. So to me, the preaching comes out and saying, okay, this is what the text is saying. Let's kind of break that. Let's spend a few minutes breaking that down so that we're being accurate to what the author is saying, you know, expositional preaching. But the teaching, mm-hmm. I think, is where the teaching is where like kind of the application comes in where you're where you're saying, here's some perspectives and observations. And that's where it gets more conversational and funny and it can be humorous. It can be, you know, really insightful and thoughtful. And I just think it's really hard to like marry those two things together. And to me, I always want both of those things in place. So I want to I want to you know I want to do well with the text I want to be faithful to yeah. the text but I don't want it to be like a dry lecture either and some <clears> dudes <throat> that's just all they know how to do and you're not one of those guys T so but I mean yeah, I yeah. think sometimes if we go if, and I know this some people will take you know a lot will have problems with saying it like this but if we go too deep into the text and we don't leave any room for letting our personalities come out and to me that's yeah. what I would define as teaching is letting our personalities <laughs> come out in terms of you know, how yeah. it applies, why this should matter to you. What is, you know, mm-hmm. h- how is the Lord speaking into our lives through the text? I just think it's super hard um, to find that balance. And I think, I think at the end of the day, what's interesting is that like some of the preachers that we have liked through the years, you know, got guys that, mm-hmm. you know, have more of a platform. I think at the end of the day, like I, I actually like, I kind of like teachers in that sense. I know some people yeah. will say, no, no, no. When you say teacher, I think lecture. Well, that's not how I define it. But I, I kind of like guys that, that maybe go a little lighter on the text, not because they're not being faithful to it, but they, they're a little more application heavy. So you get a little yeah. bit more of their personality and a little bit more of that, that conversation happening. I just tend to like that kind of preaching more um, than yeah. the real heavy, like, man, all I'm doing is expositing the text and which, yeah. which again, there's nothing wrong with that. And God has made some people really good at that. And that's just how, that's how they're wired. They're, 
they're not going to be able to do anything other than that because that's what they do. But I, I like it a little bit more blended, and I, because and I, I think some, per, I think a, I think a dude's personality just needs to be in the mix. I really, I'm a, yeah. I'm a big believer in that. So I don't know if that. Yeah, helps. I think I am too. I think I am too, and I, and I think it's a matter of finding the right balance between personality that sort of puffs up and like makes me the show versus the kind of personality that can drive a point For home sure, and you know Always magnify attention. yeah scripture in a in a way that allows them to understand it better pipe any thoughts on that <clears throat> yeah i it, i think context is a huge thing like sp- speaking or preaching at a camp has i mean you got to speak nine times there is so much <laughs> yeah. capacity there for uh kind of pacing yourself and like letting the personality out bit by bit so like you don't need to be on every time you kind of you can yeah, yeah. and and each each passage kind of gives you a tone you know so like yeah. the last time the last couple of times i preached at emmanuel we were finishing up the gospel of mark and it's about the the crucifixion of christ and the the you know the trial of you know of jesus not a lot of room for levity there like it would be dissonant right, to, to right. come in and be like yeah you know kind of making making zingers and whatever and uh <laughs> yeah, but exactly if, if you've got nine messages on first john there's there's all sorts of breadth in there and there's room for you yeah. to kind of start off messages with stories about yourself or whatever and and it, yeah like right. like ronnie said you can kind of ebb and flow and if you can start off light and then get to sort of the urgency or the the pleading or the proclamation or kind of whatever the tone yeah. is i yeah i have had to learn how to like i and i you know i think probably just because i grew up as as john piper's son i I gravitate towards this is what the text says and then like hit it hard, which yeah. is impersonal. It might be good in some sense, but to kind of roll to, to start there and then roll back to like, what are the places for illustrations or for humor or for yeah. kind of self-deprecation, you know, to, to kind of yeah. be the be the, the person who's doing the proclaiming, not just like a, a, a talking commentary. And yeah, and I, you know, but it, I, I regularly feel like, I I fall off one side or the other. Like that was kind of sloppy, ill-prepared shooting from the hip or that was very commentary, yeah. not quite enough sort of connecting with people. Yeah. No, I feel that too. It's hard. And, it's really um, hard. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like it actually is. And I think, you know, there's, there's a, a good bit to be said about how audiences in general have changed over the last two years, but like especially high school audiences, you know, it's just... That's always been a, a bit of a tough room, but maybe a tougher room of late. So um, I, I, yeah. I spoke to high schoolers. I used to teach high schoolers all the time. I was in youth ministry. And then there was mm-hmm. several years where I just kind of didn't. And then I think it was last year yeah. sometime, I went and did a high school camp. And after my first message, I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm, I'm serving up. I'm serving up like subtle flavors to people who are like, I want a cheeseburger. You know, like there's just this is the yeah. wrong menu. So I had to go back and sort of rework my other messages and it and it got a lot better. So just realizing the the importance of sort of, like I said, self-deprecation, genuineness, like high schoolers see right yeah. through somebody who seems pretentious or phony. And so if you're yeah. just yourself, you've gone a long yeah. way, yeah. even if yourself isn't the most funny guy in the room. It's just sort of like, this is who I am. They're like, cool, I can I yeah. can accept that. And it's it has really helped me. Like I'm after we're off this, I'm heading to our, our youth groups like end of summer kind of bash, and I'm doing this the speaking forum. 
to try to put together a message that's like, what would what would I have wanted a speaker to say to me if he's 40 and I'm 16? How would I have listened to mm-hmm. him? What would have made me sit up? And then what did I need to hear? And it it has really helped with the high schooler thing because it's a tough audience, but also it's a really receptive audience if you if you strike the right note. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's true. Yeah, a lot of potential there, a lot of upside. Just like boys, there's a lot of upside in our, our new book, um, The Happy Rant. If you haven't bought multiple copies, uh, you are missing out, readers. Um, run, don't walk to the little mom and pop, the little online bookseller that we are partnered with. Uh, it's Amazon.com. There are others, too, where you can buy books and uh, get a copy of The Happy Rant. Um, boys, I'm, I'm embroiled in a conflict with Amazon right now over a, a commercial ice maker that I ordered wow. two of, and they were both defective. So I hope my personal battles with Amazon don't result in, you know, the dissolution of the beautiful kind of union that we, we have had with them Some, over the years. Somebody so, should tell uh, Jeff that that's, uh, that's no way for a small business to take off. They need better customer service. Yeah, for sure. They do. And they need to treat their, their superstar authors better. You know, um, I expect a little bit of pampering at this stage in my career, and um, I'm not getting it. So uh, that's been hard for me. I'm the victim. Uh, But, boys, we've done what we always do in this program in that we've wandered to and fro throughout some really uh, fun topics. And until next time. We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Want to learn more about God and His will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinice Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.